I've been playing volleyball since I was a little kid. Um, both my moms played volleyball, so I got to see them, you know, playing in their adult league when I was young. And so I started in, I think, like the fifth grade. Um, and then continued throughout high school and wanted to play at the collegiate level. So it's primarily looking at NESCACs. And um, when I came and visited Bates, I just knew, like the moment I stepped on campus. I know that sounds like cliche, but really it was just like the only campus that really kind of resonated with me. And I just loved the team and the dynamic of, um, you know, the, the team and the coach and um, the Bates, Bates volleyball program. Now, this is your third year in the program now, and so what's the development been like for you? Obviously, it seems like you're getting a lot more playing time this year and having a lot of success. Yeah, so I definitely was primarily a bench player the past two years, so kind of having the opportunity to get on the court this year has been really exciting, and it still kind of feels surreal that I can be like an impact player because the past two years I've watched my teammates be those impact players, and um, yeah, so it's really exciting having my hard work in the off season and in practices kind of like pay off this year. The match I went to against University of Southern Maine a couple weeks back, you had like 11 aces or something like that. What's the key to a great serve to get those aces? Yeah, so um, what I like to do with some of my teammates is have serving competitions in practice and just getting those extra reps before or after practice can make a really big difference because serving is really the only skill in volleyball that's primarily yours to control. Um, so it's a really good um, skill to work on in your free time. Yeah, obviously volleyball, it's all about working with your teammates and whatnot. You as an outside hitter, what's it like working with, you know, setter Julia Panapenta and what she's been able to do? She's awesome. I mean, her skill is, is the one thing. It's great, but also just her energy and her presence on the court is amazing. Um, like the look she gives me after I get a kill, it's like it fires me up, so I want to get another one. And if I don't get one or if I – miss a hit she's like next one next one and just like really pushes me to keep going and once you get once we start got once we started to get that connection of um you know the, the set to the hit and then producing the kill in the games it was something that was really exciting to to see and to be a part of this year how about the progression of the team in general i mean you know melissa duran her fifth year every year the team has been increasing the wins total and you know it seems like you're on your way doing that again this season yeah, so we're 9-4 and four yep. this season, and we could have won all those games, which is, it's a bummer that we didn't, but at the same time, it they have all been like learning opportunities for us, and I, so I think the next step is just knowing that we can beat Amherst and we can beat Middlebury, and then coming into that game um, and staying the whole time knowing that we can come out on top, and I think we will, and so I think... The rest of the season definitely looks good for us. Well, speaking of that, you have back to Bates weekend this weekend. A couple of big Nesking matches, right? Con College Friday, a tough Wesleyan team I know on Saturday. What are your thoughts on these two opponents coming up? I think that we are all really excited. Um, Con, I think, will be a really fun game. There are no other Friday night games, so we're hoping to get a big crowd out there, and all of our parents are coming. And then Saturday, Wesleyan has always been like a big rivalry team for us. Just we know a lot of the players on the teams, like from high school, and and um, they're also a really strong team. And so I think that will also be a really exciting game. And hopefully, coming out with the two wins this weekend. So being from Massachusetts, being from New England, how often do you run into old high school opponents or teammates when you're playing? Pretty often, actually. Yeah. I know a couple of people on some of the NESCAC teams and also some of the out-of-conference teams that we play. I know a few of those teammates as well from high school. Um, but, yeah, my friends from California, I would say, know the most people for sure uh -huh. in the NESCAC. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Right. And then what's Coach Duran like in terms of helping you grow your game? She's been crucial. Um, I think one of the biggest things is, like I said, being a bench player these past two years, like, um, and then having the opportunity this year shows that she hasn't, she like, she doesn't give up on her her players, and she like always pushes them to, um, she pushes us to work hard, and like, even if you're not on the court all the time, like, you can work hard in practice, you can push to make the starting lineup better, and like, so that's what I've been doing these past two years, and because of that and her constant feedback, not just to the starting lineup, but to the whole team, helps to create players who progressively get better throughout college and can make an impact come in their junior and senior year. In what specific ways have you seen yourself get better, you think, from year to year? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things this year has just been like a shift in my confidence. Mm -hmm. Being an upperclassman, I think, is a big part of it as well. But um, having that shift and then like knowing that I can be on the court and I can make an impact um, definitely has improved my actual aspects of like you know, my skill on the court. So, like, having Gabby next to me in the back row, she pushes me so much. And, you know, having Ruby as the opposite outside hitter and seeing when she's in the front get these big kills. And then so then when I get to the front, I want to make those big kills too. So it's just, like, it, it's having this, like, increased confidence and then also just, you know, trusting each other on the court has, I think, improved my game too. Um, and the, well, you got thoughts on the season so far and what you're hoping to get out of it, you know, this being your junior year? Yeah, so because it's my junior year, it, it's crazy. Like, we only have, I only have two more seasons left. Um, but I really think that a goal for me and for our team is to win the NETSAC tournament, get on to the NCAA tournament, and just see how far we can go. We've fallen short in the NETSAC tournament the past two years that I've been here in the first round. So, you know, getting to that finals, that final game and – Winning that, moving on, I think will be a big step for our team and definitely a goal for us. All right, Olivia McCullough, Female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Male Bobcat of the Week, Julian Lewin with us here on the Bobcast. Well, we talked to you a couple weeks ago, and this past weekend, NESCAC Fall Qualifier, you know, facing off against the best golfers in the conference, and what a, what a day for you on Sunday. What was clicking out there? Even par and six birdies along the way. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm happy to be back. And I think the difference between Saturday and Sunday was just the intensity and the drive to actually get into this tournament and you know be part of the NESCAC championships that I've wanted to be for for four years now. And so coming into Sunday, I was you know locking down, really making sure everything was going right, and you know put in some music before the round, try to enjoy enjoy the good weather and all of that, but really focus on what needed to get done and be strategic in course management. And par fives were obviously uh, your your forte. What 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 made them such uh, birdieable holes that day? The first hole of the course was a par five, 460 yards or so. So I was able to birdie that. It's a pretty short par five relatively compared to other courses. So that sort of set me up for you know good success within the <laughs> the, the next few holes of the round. And I think just 
really focusing on being in the fairway on those par fives and getting onto the green or near the green in two because my putting was locked in for the entire day. So I knew that if I was within 10 feet of the hole, I was likely to make the putt. In terms of warm-ups, you mentioned blasting some music. Uh, you have a chance to go to the range or putting green. How does that go? Yeah, so usually my pre-course warm-up is going down in the range, hitting two shots per club out of my bag, pitching wedge seven iron, five iron, you know, sort of going up that way, and then going to the putting green and really going around all parts of the hole within three to four feet and making sure that my inside of five foot range putts are really solid and making sure that my stroke is there because once the stroke is good, you can you know, apply that to much longer putts. After the round's over, when do you find out, how did you find out that you'd qualified for the spring individually? Yeah, so I was coming down, I was coming down in the gears. I was on hole 13 and I was three under at that point, mm. which was pretty incredible. I, <laughs> I kind of messed up a few holes here and there, but coming into 18, one under, so I was thinking this is really, really important. I need to make sure every shot counts. And unfortunately, I bogeyed, but, you know, 72 is a great round. And so I was coming up, you know, turning my scorecard thinking, wow, it must be pretty close. In years past, the scores were, you know, well higher than this for qualifying. So going around, talking to the NESCAC people, making sure how many people qualify outside of those top four teams and um, sort of just like looking through the scoreboard to see if, you know, that possibility would, you know, become an opportunity. Yeah. And do you have a reaction when you actually found out for sure or was it kind of a gradual thing like, okay, I think I'm in. I think I'm in. I think I'm in. And then I was talking with my friend's dad and he goes, well, I think you're in as well. And then the final results came out. I went in. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty awesome. I was super happy. The we were all driving back in the van. We started blasting some music. It was a pretty fun time. The tiebreaker is how you perform on Sunday, right? And that's, for you, that was even par. So that was Yeah, huge. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, and when I starting out at 78, I think I moved up 19 positions mm -hmm. in the leaderboard to Sunday. So I knew coming into the round that it was you know, important that I needed to perform, but it wasn't within expectations that I'd be shooting even par. <laughs> right, right. And the team itself, 7th out of 10th, that's an improvement from the previous couple of seasons. And now you got Bowden and Colby again this weekend, right, trying to you know, outscore them again, I suppose. Yeah, as a captain of the team, I'm yeah. super, super happy with our results and especially happy with a few key individuals who haven't really had the ability to perform yet mm -hmm. within the year, but you know, really made that difference this past weekend. So I'm super happy for Preston and Jack and also Patrick, um, they sort of struggled to you know, get those low rounds and they really locked in and I think they figured out sort of the difference between what they need to do and actually getting it done. So I'm super happy for them and the team and this is one of our best finishes. So I'm excited to compete against Colby and Bowden this upcoming weekend in the, the CBB. Yeah. What's the rest of the fall like kind of? Because like that was the NESCAC qualifier and now you've got a few more tournaments though, right? Yeah, so we have the CBB, we yeah. have the Colby Classic, which is a six-hole scramble, best ball, and then alternate shot, which is a pretty fun one. Mm. And then we also have the Captain's Course Tournament, which is down in Cape Cod. Mm. So that's our um, final round for the season. So I think for me, I'm going to you know, step back a little bit this weekend, enjoy Parents Weekend. My parents are coming up and really focus in on the last Captain's Course Tournament because that's where a lot of the really solid D2 and D3 teams come and then spend the winter practicing using the awesome practice facility we have the simulator the putting green to really warm up and you know perform in the spring yeah it's funny because like you do have a whole winter to like think about what's coming up right <laughs> it's kind of interesting yeah it's, i've never been in a situation <laughs> right. where i've been able to you know think about you know what the forecast of a four-month golf tournament might be like so um i think i'll probably spend some time not thinking about the golf tournament but 
And once I get closer, start figuring out where I need to improve. And then once the weather starts getting better, move from the practice facility to the actual on-course practice. Yeah. This past weekend was another course you hadn't played before, right? How did it end up playing? I mean, it seems like it, to your liking a little bit. Huh? Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely. I think the practice around Friday really helped. And mm -hmm. I think that was a key part of why I did so well and just being comfortable going on in the course. Because at Taconic, I mean, this isn't to blame, but I, I didn't have a practice round. It made it sort of difficult sure. you know, thinking about every shot and, you know, sort of the technique for which how for how that shot needs to happen when going on there without having a practice round. So I felt pretty fluid even on Saturday, just having a general layout of the course. And I think even though it was a new course, I looked it up on Google Maps, yeah. as I said before, and sort of looked, um, you know, looked at the yardages and sort of tried to figure out what course management would look like in terms of what clubs I might pull on certain holes and just getting a general feel for how it might play. Did I see that on Instagram your practice round was with Coach Fall? It was yeah. with Coach Fall. <laughs> it was pretty fun to play with him. I didn't beat him, but, you know, it was a close match. <laughs> oh, so you, you kept score and went head-to-head head there? Yeah, we kept nice. score head-to-head head there. He had an eagle. I didn't have an eagle, but <laughs> it all turned out to be okay. Excellent. Well, your thoughts on the past weekend and the season so far? Um, the season so far, I'm pretty happy overall, and I think the team's starting to come together and really be serious about the game of golf and, you know, seeing that we have a new head coach and new practice facility and a lot of new opportunities to come with Bates Golf. Um, I'm actually heading to a recruit um, lunch after this, so I'm excited nice. to talk with him about my experience on the golf team and others, and I'm really looking forward to the spring season that we'll have and, you know, our first spring trip, which will be really fun, and, you know, hopefully setting in stone a better tomorrow for the next generation of Bates golfers. Julian Lewin qualifying for the NESCAC Spring Championships. Thanks so much. Mail Bobcat of the Week. Thank you so much. Fun season so far has got to be for you, right? I mean, after hardly playing your first two years, you've stepped in, you've been named one of the captains, you're starting every match and playing all of it in goal. What's this experience been like so far your junior year? Yeah, it's been very fun. Um, definitely being appointed a captain was kind of a last-second thing with um, uh, my good friend Tony went down with an injury right before the season started. Um, I've been lucky enough to you know, be chosen to fill in for him and try and help our other two captains, Blaze and Pater, with all the roles that, uh, you know, we have to do as captains. And, um, yeah, so playing this year is very, very exciting. I'm glad that I can step in and do the job for the boys, you know. Um, the guys in front of me have been doing a great job this whole season, you know, protecting me. I've only had to make a couple plays. And, yeah, I'm just glad that I can go and do the job for, for the guys, yeah. Most recently, that Tufts match, I mean, that was a pretty epic battle, a down, uh, you know, double overtime, obviously disappointing finish, but what was it like going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the defending national champs? Yeah, and, you know, that's the reason I came to Bates was to play in those big games against, you know, the biggest teams in the country, so it was fun to finally get out there and test, you know, my skills against the best teams in the country, and I thought, you know, we played them, we played Khan early in the season, who's also nationally ranked, and I think... We might not only played with them, but outplayed them at times. And I think that's 
very telling for where this program's going, and I think we're going to do some big things this year. So for the past two years when you weren't getting as much playing time, what were you doing in practice every day to get better to prepare for this moment? Yeah, you know, I always have the attitude where, you know, every day you can improve your game and get better at it. So every day I just try to get better at a certain thing and push the guys ahead of me up. And now this year, now that I've got my chance to play, it's the same thing, just trying to get better every day. Uh, growing up, when did you, I mean, a lot of kids obviously play soccer from a young age. When did you start to get real serious about it and also playing goalkeeper specifically? Uh-huh. Yeah, both my parents played soccer. So I started playing at like two or three, yeah. you know, at the rec league down the street. Um, I was a striker back in the day. And then when kids started to grow and get a little faster, I didn't get too much faster. So they stuck me in goal and I was pretty good at it. So I just kind of stuck with it about... Seventh grade is when I really started playing seriously. I switched to goalkeeper full time, and yeah, it's just been it's been a great ride ever since. How did you decide to come up from Maryland to college to Bates? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I always wanted to use soccer to get into you know the best academic school I possibly could, and so the NESCAC seemed like a pretty good landing spot for me, even though I was a little bit out of region. And my parents did a great job getting me up to camps and whatnot and in front of the college coaches at the showcases. And, yeah, Stu, the old coach, gave me a shot here. And, um, yeah, hopefully I can do him proud this year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Stu, obviously, at Dartmouth now still following the team, though. What's Coach Tyler been like taking over, you know, starting last season? Uh -huh. Yeah, I've been very happy playing for Tyler. S Stu was a great coach. I'm very lucky he gave me this opportunity. But... Yeah, Tyler's come in and kind of has just a new, like, fresh set of eyes on the program and has tightened a lot of screws, and I think we're really ready to take a big step forward this year under Tyler. Fall camp is fairly short before you get to play your first match. Was it a battle for the starting goalkeeper spot, or how did that even go? Yeah, well, the other two keepers, yeah. uh, Lindy and Manning, who are great keepers, you know, I feel like they would start and do a job at any other NESCAC school. They're very good keepers. So, yeah, I feel like we've got a really good vibe between the three of us going this year we get in good work at practice and yeah I feel like it was definitely a battle I feel like nothing was handed to me since I've been here and yeah they push me every day in training so lucky to have those guys yeah for those who don't know what in your opinion what's the what's one of the biggest keys to being a successful you know goalkeeper goalkeeper yeah. I'd say goalkeeping is 90% mental you just have to be locked in all the time and yeah the difference between playing goalkeeper and the other positions is any any like outside back can take a bad touch and it just goes out for throwing. But if you're a goalkeeper and you make a mistake, you know everyone can tell. You cost your team a goal, so yeah, it's all mental. I saw you make a kick save against Tufts. Yeah, Take us through that play. That was a little chaotic. It seemed like that was a pretty crazy play over to my right. Yeah, the ball. There was so many just crazy bounces in the box, and the boys ahead of me the whole game had just been throwing themselves in front of shots, and that one just snuck through and. Hit me in the foot, lucky enough. And then Liam, Liam, our left back, Liam Goldfar, made a crazy block. Like when he was on the ground on the second shot, deflected off him, went out for a corner. So, yeah, Liam had a great game this weekend. It definitely seemed like that. It doesn't show up in the box score, but, yeah. No, Liam blocked. So the whole back four blocked, like, dozens of shots the whole game. It was they put in an absolute shift. Very proud of them. The team this year, it's a big roster. What's oh, that yeah. been like all these first years coming in? <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. The, the fresh blood is very fun. It's definitely a big challenge for me as a captain to logistically get these guys to all the team functions. It's a good time. I love those guys. Some good players, too. And, yeah program's on the up. So what was Coach Tyler's yeah. message to the team? You know, obviously it was disappointing the way the tough match ended, but you obviously, you know, the team played pretty well. 
Yeah, I mean, after, yeah, that was a tough finish, and I feel like it was good that we, we really showed we could play with any team in the country, and I feel like we outplayed Tufts for some pretty decent chunks of that game. So the biggest takeaway from that game was we got to get six points next weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, we put in a good performance this weekend, but we still got zero points out of it, and now our attention goes straight to Middlebury Trinity at home this weekend. Big two games in the NESCAC, and we need to get all six points. Middlebury and men's soccer is a, a pretty strong rivalry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get a nice trophy if we beat Middlebury. Yeah. <laughs> so that's always fun. It's always, there's always a little extra with the trophy on the line. On Back to Bates weekend, pretty exciting. Are your parents going to be coming up and whatnot? Yeah, my parents will be here. Yeah, always a nice crowd on Back to Bates weekend. Love playing in front of a crowd. So hopefully we'll put on a nice show and get two wins this weekend. What are your thoughts on this being, you know, you know, your first year really getting significant minutes and what's the season been like so far and what we're most looking forward to, you know, this weekend and beyond? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, when I obviously, you know, when you come here, you don't expect to see yourself, you know, sitting on the bench watching your boys play every weekend, but it was definitely an adjustment. I'm glad that I went through it and made me a better man and yeah, I'm glad that this year I can step in and just do my job, help the boys get a win this weekend. My job at MIT and my time at MIT was incredible, and I learned so much from the people that I worked with and worked for um, under Julie Serrero, who was an incredible mentor, still is an incredible leader. Um, and I was really fortunate to work in that environment, uh, but I felt like it was, I was ready to take the next, next step in my career. Um, and it was important that I find a place that really align with my own personal values. And I told Jason and Celine this on my job interview, but the job description um, had the term a commitment to social justice in it. And I've never seen that in any sort of athletics um, job description. And that, to be honest, was the first thing that kind of stuck off the page. Um, something that I am committed to personally and try to integrate that into all the work that I do. Um, but the fact that it was noted um, here at Bates, here within the department, was definitely appealing and made me look further into um, Bates College and the athletics department. I knew Jason before. Um, I had met him previously and knew that he was a great leader. He was doing some really good things. Um, and it was really exciting to think about the prospect of being involved in in sort of a transition period and making some really great changes um, and the potential for Bates is, is so is so large and um, just to be a part of that I think is really exciting. So what is your role here for people who don't know? Yeah so my official title is Assistant Athletic Director for Student Athlete Services and Internal Operations. Uh, to be honest I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think my role will really be to connect with campus partners and um, to make sure that athletics is collaborating with the greater campus, um, making sure that there is um, a direct line of communication. And I also am excited about the opportunity of potentially um, integrating or implementing um, a student athlete leadership program. And that's something that I had the opportunity to do at 
MIT and would love the opportunity to do here, um, sort of in, in collaboration with Becky, who oversees um, student-athlete programming. So that's exciting. Um, I'm also really looking forward to um, bringing in the sort of equity and inclusion piece of it. I think this campus does an amazing job of keeping that at the forefront of their mission and their values. And so I want to continue to be able to, to have the athletics be at the forefront of that as well. And then your college, former college athlete yourself, tell us about that experience uh, playing two sports. Yeah. Um, I originally went to Wellesley College uh, only playing volleyball. I was recruited as a volleyball student athlete. And once I got to campus, like many Division threes, there's an opportunity to sort of walk on um, and spoke with the basketball coach and... To this day, it was honestly the best decision that I've ever made. Um, my best friends were on the basketball team. Um, I still am in contact with them. Uh, I learned a lot from being a two-sport athlete, a, a lot about what I should do and what I shouldn't do, and my time management um, was better when I was in season. So while it was a lot, certainly, um, I was actually better academically when I was in season than when I wasn't. Great, and then you have prior experience with the NESCAC having been a grad assistant at Tufts, right? What, how, is the NESCAC different from other D3 conferences? What do you notice similarities, differences-wise in this conference compared to, you know, where Wellesley is or whatnot? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes without saying that the NESCAC is um, probably the top league in Division Three in the country. Um, so to be able to say that you work in a NESCAC is, is amazing, and the opportunities that you have um, to compete at the highest level, um, to really interact with really great coaches and, and administrators and student athletes is, is incredible. And I will say that I've been lucky enough to be at institutions where I've gotten to do that as well. Um, not outside of the, uh, of the NESCAC, it was in the, MIT was in the New Mac, Mount Holyoke in the New Mac, and then Wellesley is obviously in the New Mac. And, you know, I think it's something that um, we see the NESCAC and we try and strive to, to provide that, that championship experience um, for, for the student-athletes as well. But, yes, definitely something to strive toward. And then what are your impressions of the student-athletes here at Bates so far compared to MIT, a little bit different institutions, I would imagine? Yeah. Um, you know, they're definitely a different kind of, of student-athlete. Yeah. Um, but I have been pleasantly surprised and overwhelmed with the kindness that the student-athletes here have shown. Um, I've had the opportunity to meet small groups of, of student-athletes, and even on my first day had a softball student-athlete, Kirsten, stop by and just introduce herself. And I think that's been really refreshing to see that they are so open to new people, um, and they've been really kind and welcoming, so I'm appreciative of that. Uh, you mentioned a couple of your initiatives here, but what are some maybe other goals you have in mind for what will make a successful first year here at Bates as Assistant Athletic Director? My very first goal in coming here was to be able to build those relationships, not only within the department, but across campus. So that's really important for me to do right now. Um, I'm reaching out to a lot of different people and just trying to make that connection, figure out ways that that athletics can collaborate or partner with different offices. So that is definitely my main goal for the first kind of semester, um, 90 days, is just to really get to know people and build relationships. I think once I do that, I'll be able to sort of figure out um, where I fit into the greater student athlete 
population, what I need to do to help support them, um, knowing that I have established relationships with, with different offices and people across campus. Great. Jess Duff, thanks so much and welcome to BASE. Well, thank you very much. Coach, uh, Wesleyan obviously always a tough opponent uh, for anyone in the NESCAC, and it doesn't help when your you know, quarterback's hurt and then your other quarterback gets hurt too, right? I mean, Matt Golden had to step up and play probably more than he thought he'd have to at QB. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to it, you know. Um, it's hard to win first. I don't care what league you're in, what level, um, and it's even harder to win when you're, not, when you're not stable at the quarterback position right now. Um, and being that you know, right now we had to play a first year, uh, Liam Foley, who unfortunately did not have a good first pass. Um, he got a sack fumble on a sprint out protection, which is tough. Um, and now, you know, his next series, he gets sacked and driven in the ground two more times. Um, and now you're in three quarters with a Wildcat game plan. Um, you never. You're always ready to break glass, so to speak. Um, but I don't think you're ever ready to break glass in the first quarter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and though we know that that could potentially happen, we did not anticipate it happening that fast. Um, but with that being said, Matt Golden came in. And, um, you know, being that we were an option team prior to getting here, um, we knew he was comfortable with handling the ball from the quarterback position. And so we're just leaning into what what our seniors have done prior to us getting here and letting them carry the bulk of that load because, unfortunately, um, we have a junior quarterback who may or may not return. Um, we have a sophomore quarterback who's, who's out indefinitely for how long, who knows. And um, we have a first-year quarterback who's, unfortunately, first game he got – beat up pretty bad so right now we're just trying to regroup and make the best of our circumstance and to put a product out there that the Bobcat family can be um, proud of and right now that's the only that's the only goal because if we can put a product together and be competitive we can be in a fourth quarter and win a game right now we're not getting the games in the fourth quarter which a year ago that was our goal was let's get in the fourth quarter and find out. Um, out of out of nine games, we hit six of those goals in those games. Um, this year was to win the fourth quarter, um, but being that injury and our depth has taken a toll on our roster, um, we have to re regroup, go back to the drawing board because um, I still think we have enough to be competitive. And if we can get the games in the fourth quarter to find out if we're good enough to win those games. Right now, at three games, we've only been in the fourth quarter with one of them, and that was Amherst. Um, and then the prior two games, we're in a freshman quarterback mode, um, and our experience backup is out. So when you talk about hard to win, like you can do all the right things. I think all of our quarterbacks worked extremely hard in the offseason to be prepared. Um, but I don't know that anyone prepared to to have Matt Golden as our primary right. ball holder. And so, be that as it may, we have to be able to adjust and improvise. 
um, and still be competitive, and that's the goal. What are your thoughts on Jason Lopez? He had a touchdown against Wesley, and he's a guy who um, had a rough first game you know, with the fumbles, but it seems like he's picked himself up and doing pretty well. Yeah, you know, he still has some ball handling issues a little bit. Um, but, I, you know, again, it's about getting up when you're down. Yeah. And, um, you know, three fumbles the first game, that's down, you know. Right. Um, and for him to continue to plug away at it, you know, he did fumble it again, but he recovered it. Mm. And he was able to not stay that far in the jar, get a touchdown along with he and Matt Golden. So, you know, everyone has some demons that they have to uh, exercise, so to speak. And, and during the week is your opportunity to be confident in your ability to exercise those demons on Saturday. And so he works extremely hard. You know, he hasn't played a meaningful game since probably high school as a primary ball carrier. Um, so getting him back in the fold, though we want to matriculate him into it to where he can handle the load, um, you know, is a process for him as well. But I was glad to see that he rebounded. Um, his energy is awesome on the field. He has he is as he is as verbal and vocal and positive as you want. Um, but he's also hard on himself with mistakes, and that's not a bad thing. It's only a bad thing when you lose your poise along the way. So your opponent this weekend, switching over to the other side of the ball, Tufts on offense, looking at the stats, they throw the ball well. They have they struggled running the ball a little bit this year. Defensively, what has the team been focused on? Um, obviously, Wesleyan had some success there in the first half, but what are you looking at for the defense to improve on week to week? You know, I think right now is we we got to make teams drive the field. You know, um, if you look at the Wesleyan first series of the Wesleyan game, we go – one, two, three, Bruce Lee, they punt the ball. Then the next series, a turnover, and we give up a touchdown. Um, we have to be able to withstand the counter punch that our offense is going to get. Because we're inexperienced at quarterback, because we're a ball control offense now, not being able to throw the ball downfield, they have to be okay with playing some lights out defense. Um, and that's not necessarily stifling people. That's just not letting people get easy touchdowns. And I'm and I'm under the belief that the average offense can only put together six plays before making a mistake. And mm. every scenario that we've made an offense go six plus plays, they made their mistake, and we didn't we didn't make them pay for it. Whether it's they thrown an interception that we dropped, whether they fumbled the ball that we didn't pick up. Uh, Wesleyan, we did not make them drive the field. And being that Tufts throws the ball 60% of the time, like our secondary has to um, has to show up. You know, we can apply all of the pressure we want, but when that ball gets in the air, everyone sees it and everyone knows that that's where we've been struck at so, so far. Back to Bates weekend. Excited to see you know a lot of uh, you know alums come up for basically what, the equivalent of homecoming here. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I think um, whenever you come back home after a tough loss, you know it's good to be home. It's good to be in front of your family. Um, the confidence may not be high right now, but that's what we got to work on throughout the week mm -hmm. um, because right now. 
if we're if our confidence is down, the only way you can become more confident is through working out. To working out that the kinks in you and the game plan, working out the kinks in your technique, and continuing to double down on getting better. At the end of the day, I don't believe that we've taken the steps necessary after Amherst, regardless of circumstance and injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the games that are that we've been in the past two weeks are not indicative of the team that we have. And um, we have to fix that. Well, if you had to have a fourth-string quarterback play, Matt Golden, I mean, he's a strong leader, right? He's, he's, he's going to keep the guys focused. And that, that's the beautiful thing about, you know, Matt. Um, he's a senior. He's seen a lot. He's played some tight end. He's played some fullback. He's played some tailback. He's played some quarterback. And so if you want a guy to lead you down the field, he's the guy that can lead you down the field. And that's just being a good decision maker, um, relying on his instincts and his experience. And so it took us a while to get it rolling, and it may be the same. Um, but in the, in the process of us getting it rolling, our defense has to be a little more responsive and a little more patient for our offense mentally. Because we're all out there together, but they can't let it mentally attack them because now our offense's lack of moving the ball is attacking them and the offense that they're playing against is attacking them. We can't defend two offenses. So mentally focus on the offense we have to defend, not the offense that we run right now. All right, Malik Hall, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Appreciate it. And again, it's a great day to be a Bobcat.